Oh, hello. Welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It's a pleasure to be here yet again. The longest running podcast I have made. Possibly second place. I don't know. Hard to keep track. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm back. I'm done. The tour is over. I've done Brisbane. I've done Newcastle. I've done Wollongong. And as we know, that is all of the cities. Isn't it strange that all of the cities happen to be one where I have family that live or two uh, within a one night's drive of my house? One night is, you know what I mean, I can get there and back in one night. It's a very stark realisation to, to see that the only way I can tour is under the proviso that by the end of the evening I'm back in my own bed. That's the only way it can ever be financially viable. But it was a great tour. Thank you to everybody that came out. Hey, if you started listening to the podcast after coming to the show, let me know. I'd love, I'd love to know that there were some tangible outcomes to doing those shows. I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were. Had some very, very lovely comments from the people after the shows. Had a friend of... If I say friend of the podcast, I just mean like friend of mine. And strictly speaking, we're not really friends. Acquaintances. Acquaintance of the host of this podcast, Tim Rankemer, who may or may not be listening. Tim, let me know. Tim, drop us a DM if you're, if you're listening. It's the least you could do after I gave you a platform. Opening for me in Wollongong. Uh, now, granted, Tim did single-handedly bring about a quarter of the audience. So that's now a, a policy at Tom Whitcomb Shows. If you if you buy $100 worth of tickets, you can get on stage and do whatever you want as well. I don't mind. You can tell some jokes, uh, tell a story, sing a song, whatever you want to do. Whatever. At, at this stage, my solo shows are basically a very expensive open mic night. Um and in the broadest, I, you hear stories about people who kind of learnt comedy in um, parts of the world that don't have a very strong comedy scene and they started doing comedy at open mic nights at cafes in between singer-songwriters. Fucking shoot me. Can you imagine that you, you have to sit through three college freshmen doing their best rendition of the plain white tees, Hey There, the Delilah, and as each one plays, there's someone at the back of them going, Fuck! He's playing it too. It's all I learned. And you and you have to go up in between and, and, and uh, make light of the Holocaust. Now, that, to be fair, making light of the Holocaust was possibly more what I was doing at open mic nights when I first started, um, you know, because I, I had some thoughts. I had some thoughts to share about 1940s Poland. I thought the world needed. And there I was letting them know. We're doing this thing. At Neil's show that I do, Comedy Untamed, which I do every Thursday night at the Potts Point Hotel. Come and check it out. If you've seen those clips on TikTok or on Instagram where we all take turns making fun of a topic or roasting a celebrity or whatever, that's this. It's called uh, it's called Comedy Untamed. And I think you can get tickets at comedyuntamed.com. You can come and see me. I'll probably do a stand-up set as well. Uh, we're doing this thing, as of this week, we're going to see how it goes, called Funny or Cancelled. And we're sharing some of uh, our more questionable edgy, offensive one-liners, speaking truth to power, just really getting out there and, 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 and letting, it, letting it loose, letting it fly, not caring about what the PC police have to say about it, okay? Um, and I've been going through old jokes of mine because I don't really... I don't really write, like, super edgy one-liners the way I first did. I was just a big old Jimmy Carr clone the first 18 months of my comedy career just alternating between Jimmy Carr and Anthony Jeselnik four minutes at a time at an open mic. People are like, wait, is he English or is he American? I don't understand. Why does he keep, why does he keep laughing like that? 
That wasn't quite good. That wasn't very good. It's all right. You guys, you know Jimmy Carr's laugh. I would, it'd be good to have that as a little, uh, as a little button on the side of this thing, but I don't have that. Here's what I have. What a fantastic addition to the show this little touchpad has been. Really, really elevating it. What, what, what do you think about that sad trombone? <laughs> Fuck, this is a professional operation. Or it is now. Um, and uh, I think I'm going to try. I don't know. I don't know. I, it, Neil was like, just, just come with like one to three jokes. I was like, one to three? I have dozens of these. I've been going through old notebooks. I've gotten a friend of mine, uh, Anthony Lacascio, great comic. Uh, great to stretch. And in that none of us are great comics. We're all fine. And I'm not being like, oh, he's he's okay. He's no me. I mean, no. Or anyone who I know personally as a comic, with the exception of Luke Heggie and the Johns. Uh, and look, I know a few, but anyone who started any like within two years, either side of me, we're all fine. We're all perfectly fine comics. None of us are great. Anyway, Jerry Seinfeld said, takes five years to be a good comic and ten years to be a great one. And he was gigging every single night, including Christmas. So what fucking chance do the rest of us have? Anyway, um, uh, Anthony said to me, which I think is which George Carlin said, I should have just quoted George Carlin. Then I wouldn't have had to stop when I said great comic. I said, George Carlin, uh, he said apparently the, a comedian's best friend is a well-organized joke storage system. I think he put it better than that, knowing George Carlin. But basically he says you want to keep, you want to have like a database of all the jokes that you write. And uh, I started doing that pretty effectively about two years ago. And so I have all of the jokes that I was writing or thinking about or had on the back burner or just like was generally anything that I had written that I thought was even slightly worth, you know, holding on to, I have in a in a spreadsheet or in a in this um, in this program called Scrivener, which is sort of like a writer's assistant program. You can write scripts in it and it has this like data storage system and you can kind of organize them as note cards, whatever. Anyway, I've been going back through those and I'm like, man, I forgot how many of these I'd written. These like horribly offensive one-liners that have no place in the average stand-up comedy set because they go nowhere and relate to nothing. One of my favorites that I had very early on, which I might, which I might try tonight, was... Um, I, uh, I went to Auschwitz on holiday and I bought a postcard from the gift shop and I sent it to my grandparents and it said, wish you were here. And I think that's pretty good. I, I do like that. Don't get me wrong. It's, fu- it's straight out of the Jimmy Carr playbook, except not as good. But gee, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad joke, is it? It is not a bad joke. But the tour is over. The tour is over. It is... Uh, I think what we could call creatively a huge success and uh, financially a minor loss. I greatly overestimated the value of re- or the return on investment Facebook ads might provide me. I put way too much money into those. I put, I spent, I sold tickets for Wollongong, right? As of the previous weekend to, so as of like the, the Saturday to the following Friday, I was continuing to spend money on ads and did not sell a single extra ticket as a result. Unbelievable. It doesn't even make sense. Why what why are people in Wollongong buying so far in advance? Everyone else is buying week off. What what is gonna come up at the last minute in Wollongong that's gonna stop you from attending my show? Right? Wait, like what? Oh, that's why. No, you know what? I I I started ranting before I really thought it through. That's it. They're like, well, let's be honest, nothing's gonna come up. Ah, 
took the wrong tact. They're like, look, nothing's going to, I know exactly what's going to happen next Friday. The same thing that happened last Friday, fucking nothing. All right. So we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. Um, and, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to, I've been, I've been trying to just, you know, I got to subsidize the money that I, that I lost on that tour. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I sent, I was talking to a friend of mine, Daniel Muggleson, great comedian. Again, yeah, closer to great. Certainly close to great. Much better than the rest of us. Very good, very, very good comedian who I uh, support on tour relatively frequently. I'm about to join him on his big nationwide, and when I say nationwide, East Coast tour. Um, I'll be with him in Sydney, throughout Queensland, Albury, uh, Wagga Wagga, and Melbourne. If you if you head over to Dan's Instagram, at Dan Muggleson, you'll see his, uh, his dates. I'm not mentioned on any of the marketing materials or any of the ticket websites. You're just going to have to take my word that I'm going to be there. Um, and also just maybe check cause I'm not going to, a few of them, I'm not going to Adelaide. I'm not going to Hobart. I don't know if he's going to Perth. Anyway, by the by, uh, Dan said to me, uh, that, uh, I was talking to him and I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to break even in Brisbane. And he was like, wait, 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 let me just, can I just check something? Did you think you were going to make money? Were you, were you, were you expecting, were you expecting to, to earn something? And I was like, well, I mean, kind of. And he was like, huh, you're an idiot. You, you, this is first ever tour. First time you've ever performed in most of these cities. What are you thinking? And he, he, look, he, uh, he turned out to be right. And as always, when someone was right uh, in opposing me, I was furious. But uh, anyway, I've got to subsidize the finances of that tour to make money. So I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like even it out wherever I can. I'm just trying to little few side hustly side of things. Uh, oh, speaking of which, would anyone like to buy 9 million passport numbers? Can I interest anyone? Does anyone, anyone have any need for 9 million passport numbers? Because I've been knocking down the door at Optus for just a, a million, a, a, a million bucks. You'd think it'd be little to ask, but no, they will not respond. Do you remember I, when I started seeing those headlines in the Sydney Morning Herald where it was like the hacker is asking for a million dollars in return for 10,000, you know, holding 10,000 addresses ransom. I'm like, what? Did, we all know you don't give him the fucking money, right? We all we all know this. Unless, unless like, is Optus some, like, 55-year-old boomer who received an email which was like, huh, Tax rebate from the ATO. I don't think we were entitled to any tax rebate. I might as well. I guess I'll just check it out. I'll, I'll click a link. Some 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 Somebody has been allowed to work at Optus way too long. They were just about to retire. They're on their 29th anniversary at Optus. And like, well, one more year, they get a gold watch. And they left them in charge of the email. And they're like, what? I don't even remember entering the South African lottery. But I'd be ridiculous not to claim it. And uh, entered in their <laughs> entered in their email address and password into what is very clearly a fake website, and here we are, ten million Aussies no longer have access to their identities, or at the very least share them with I can only assume a, a group of Russian men looking for a way to exit the country. That's one thing the Optus customers can take some solace in knowing is you have played a, a small but in very important part in getting 10 million Russian men out of military conscription as uh, <laughs> as there is suddenly an, just a total influx at the Polish border of uh, expat Aussies with very thick Russian accents. 
you got to imagine it's a it's a Russian hacker who is like, I'm not fucking going to Ukraine. There is no way. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna instead attack Australia's second biggest telco provider who has evidently zero cybersecurity in place whatsoever, which is great news from from the company that provides most of our internet. And uh, might I say, I had an Optus account in, I think the last time, I remember changing, I was on Vodafone throughout much of uni, so I must have been like high school, I had an Optus account, and then I saw anyone who signed up after 2015 is targeted, and boy was I fist pumping. I was like, fuck yes, under the fence, yet again, no worries, I'm uh, I, I'm uh, maintaining, I don't have to change my passport number anytime soon. My Medicare card, card still holds fair. My Medicare card also, to be fair, whoa. My Medicare, I sh- oh no, this is bad. I share a Medicare card with my parents. That's what I get for acting like a child at the age of 30. Why am I still on my parents' Medicare card? What ha- Surely at some stage, I, I kind of blame the government for this. I'm going to make like uh, any Greens voter and blame the government for all my problems. Surely they should have seen that I'm 30 years old and sharing a card with two people that have my last name. Unless I'm in a thruple, that is not acceptable. And even if you are in a thruple, also not acceptable. And I'd, I, I would be more empathetic for this whole Optus data breach if it weren't Optus customers. I just Don't you think Optus customers are the most smug of mobile users? Because at least, you know, with Telstra, they're like, look, I'm, pay, I'm paying for it. I'm, I, want, I want better coverage. I'm going to the country for some reason. I'm having an affair with a woman in Aubrey. But I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm going to pay the extra. I'm going to pay the extra for the better coverage, sure. And then Vodafone users are like, look, I'll take whatever the fuck I can get, honestly. The, the money's, you know, it's good. It's, it's, a, it's a good cost. It's a good fee. From time to time, the, netro- the network will collapse, and that is the price I pay for, for my, my meager savings. Whereas Optus, they're like, <laughs> oh, you simple, simple idiots. <laughs> Don't you realize with Optus, you can pay a little less than Telstra? and in response get almost as good a service. Now, maybe that's just how I felt when I was on Optus. Maybe I'm projecting. But uh, look, I think the, the, big, the big takeaway that I think at least 16 million of us can hold in our hearts about this whole, this whole situation is fucking sucked in. Sucked into everybody else. That's, and look, that's how I feel whenever anything doesn't affect me personally. Sucks to be you. All right. In, enjoy changing your name because it doesn't belong to you anymore. It's somebody else's. Here was my other way of making money. I think this is brilliant. All right. So this morning, uh, as part of my new suit persona, as part of my uh, American psycho aesthetic, uh, to go with my American psycho psychology, I uh, I was shaving. I was shaving, and I uh, I'm. You can. You hear that? There's a little ASMR for you show some respectlessness. I was shaving, and I recently upgraded. Uh, I, I say upgraded. I, it's not true. I used to have an electric razor. It died on me, so I bought a new one, and I went to the shaver shop, and uh, I was like, look, I don't really get that hairy. Uh, it's actually a real point of, uh, of shame for me. Fuck, I'd love to grow a mustache. You, you don't think I watch Cameron Munster and Ryan Pappenhausen run around an NRL field every weekend and not go, fuck, I'd love a hairy lip. But I can't. I've come to terms with that. Uh, but it means also I don't have to shave that frequently 
and uh, I, I, I just, I, I just, I don't want to go close shaving. I don't want to use shaving cream. Uh, what's a razor that'll just do the job? And they're like, well, this, uh, this Philips razor is one of our most popular items, and it is one of the cheapest electric razors I have. Uh, and what I should have asked was, and does it shave cleanly and evenly? And what they would have said is, almost. And that would have been a fair recommendation for what this product does because, my word, does it get close to the skin for 80% of my face? And for the other 20%, seemingly barely touches it. It's, it's like, you know when you're just like pushing a vacuum cleaner over the same little patch of dirt for God knows how long and it doesn't seem to change whatsoever? That's what my razor does now. That's what my razor does to the little soul patch that I have on my chin, but only to one side. It's it's baffling to me. So now I have to do a, a second. I have to do a second effort. I have I have to I have to electric raise most of my face, and then go through with a pair of pruning shears just to get the last of it. It's it's no way to live. And um, the the brand of that razor is Philips. The Philips, I think it's called the One Blade or something. It's a shitty product. Like if you and I barely have hair in my face, and it's all blonde anyway, so most of it gets goes mi- missing, goes unnoticed. It's probably the word I was looking for. It goes unnoticed. Look, you know, if if you have actual testosterone coursing through your veins, do not get the Philips One Blade. And now here is where the brilliant part comes in. I've tried to get sponsors for this podcast. All right, I've reached out. And then they say, well, can you send us through your listenership numbers? And I say, what do you need that for? Just take my word for it. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's plenty. It's plenty. Lots of them. And they all have heaps of money. And I'm like, well, how do you know that? I'm like, don't worry about it. Give me the fucking cash, all right? Give me the cash so I can tell people about MeUndies, a brand of underwear you can't order to Australia without paying astronomical shipping fees. And they say, yeah, no, we're, gonna, we're probably going to stick with the Joe Rogan experience for another, another financial year at least. But hey, if, uh, if you start saying some questionable things about the COVID vaccine and the mainstream media claps back at you, you let us know because we would love to get on board with that. So what if, as we all know, human beings are more affected by negative information than positive information. We pay more attention to bad news, right? That's why the news is filled with car crashes and terrorist attacks and famines and and none of the great things that are happening in the world. None of that's happening. We're just focusing on the horrible things. What if instead of getting a sponsorship where people pay me to say lovely things, instead I just start attacking brands on this podcast just start absolutely dragging them through the dirt and then brands pay me not to say that stuff. Essentially holding their brand equity to ransom. I think that is a brilliant idea. If I just start talking, because you, you could do it for, every, there's no limit. There's only so many ads you could have in a single podcast, aren't there? Like you can have what, like three and then after that people are like, you know, I'm not listening to this. It's only 30 minutes and six minutes of it is ads, you know? We, we used to do that on television. We found a way out of it. I'm not doing this anymore. You're going to have to find a way to like just sneak product placement under the fence so we don't notice it. And you know, you'll be sitting there drinking your delicious Coca-Cola Zero thinking, I'm not going to put up with ads, all right? Not, not if, if, if you would sooner take the Ralph Lauren polo shirt now in stores, David Jones, $69.99, off of my back than I would listen to ads. But... 
with my anti-sponsorship model, you could you could have literally thousands of brands supporting every podcast. And no one would ever know. You could have competitors both supporting your podcast silently. And they would never even realize. Like I could have McDonald's, Hungry Jack's, and Burger King, even international brands, Hungry Jack's and Burger King paying me not to talk about just how much diarrhea I got from a Whopper. Wouldn't that be a phenomenal financial model? So, look, Phillips, uh, if you want me to stop talking about your dog shit raises, you know who to get in touch with, all right? And look, I'm nothing, I'm not a hypocrite. I'll take free merch. I'll take, I'll take more terrible one-blade razors. If you send me a box of terrible one-blade razors that I can sell to unsuspecting people on Gumtree at a fair price, which is like $12 instead of the $79.99 I paid, then I think we can work something out. And look, if you have any other brands or products that, that you think I can talk shit about who might respond to my basic blackmail, I suppose, uh, then let me know. I'd, 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 love, I'd love to hear about it. What else is news? Well, the big news of the week and really quite poor to spend 21 minutes and not get into this, although I think I found some kind of functionality on my podcast host where I can just put this at the very start. So you will have already heard it. The special's out. So I, I, first of all, I, would just, I should probably apologize to the people who paid money to come and see me in Newcastle, Brisbane and Wollongong for kind of not telling you that you could have just waited two weeks and seen it on the internet for free. But uh, then you wouldn't have come. So also, let's be honest, it's way better in person. It, there's no way it wouldn't have been better in person. In any case, uh, the special's out. It's on YouTube. It's called Tom Whitcomb Ignorant. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing? I barely put any effort into this and you spend your time on it. Fucking go on YouTube and watch the thing I spent an entire year working on, please. It's a, it's a piece of stand-up comedy. Uh, it's, a, it's from my 2022 Sydney Comedy Festival uh, recording, recorded by a friend of mine, Tori Focard, who did a phenomenal job. It just looks so good. I've seen a lot of people who recorded their specials themselves. I don't think many of them look as good as what she did on this thing. So she's just absolutely smashed it out of the park. Um, and look, you know, I, I honestly... I hope in two years' time I look back on it and be like, ugh, this sucks. I hope that's what I think. But for right now, I'm very proud of it. It's definitely the best stand-up comedy that I've uh, got out there and probably the collection of... I mean, I, I wrote I wrote this on a, on a Facebook post, or in, well, both Facebook and Instagram the other day. Like, I've been working at comedy for five years now. Um, it's the hardest thing I've ever worked at. It's the most I've ever cared about anything besides certain individuals. And um, this is this is the the culmination and the reflection of five years of hard work. So if you like what I do and you haven't um, if you haven't given a watch, I'd love you to watch it. If you've watched it and you liked it, if you could share it around to people, like drop the link into a group chat, send it to your mates, let people know. Uh, everything that I do, as I keep reminding you every time I do a show in your city, is about word of mouth. The more that you can spread it around, the more it helps me. I'm not taking any money out of this. I can't monetize my YouTube. There are no ads on the special. There's nothing in it for me except having more people know who I am and, and hopefully consume my comedy. So, um, look, please check it out. And also, actually, you know, the one thing I have in it is just the fucking self-esteem of not having a video on YouTube that has 17 views. Oh, God, that hurts so much. When there's Because as opposed to pretty much everything else now, Social media kind of, I guess, you know, Instagram gives you the option to hide view counts. I think you can do that on YouTube as well, but that's a fucking coward move. 
to not show your view count on YouTube. But especially if you think about podcasts, you guys have no idea how many people listen to this. None of you, thousands and thousands of people, have any idea how many thousands of you are there. You're like, is it, is it single-digit thousands? Is it tens of thousands? Is it hundreds of thousands? You'll never know, but it's, it's certainly got three zeros. But with YouTube, oh, it is impossible to hide. And boy, does that hurt. And when somebody, when I was putting my full podcast video out on YouTube and someone attacks me for this seeming like a total waste of time, fuck, it's hard to refute them. It is very hard to prove them wrong when they're like, who is this for? And I'm like, I think you'll find it's for the 23 people who have watched it. Well, at least the 23 times it's been watched by more likely three to four people who watch five minutes, then close it and then go back. That's, That's who it's for. Uh, you know, but farmer sixty nine on YouTube. All right, now, 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 I'm going to go and question every decision I ever made. Uh, thanks for thanks for commenting. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm so addicted to internet metrics. It's it's pathetic. Like I've been putting videos on YouTube trying to drum up subscribers and stuff. Oh, the numbers are just so. The numbers are so alluring. I can't begin to tell you. Subscriber numbers, view counts, likes, comments, all of that shit. It's like, oh, you almost get fooled into thinking that's why you're doing it. I've so many times been like, man, I hope my special gets X thousand views on YouTube. And then the voice in the back of my head goes, why? It makes no, most of the people watching this, you can see in the metrics, are from America. You're not planning on going there ever. The, the, the only way you can monetize this is by putting your life in danger by going to Los Angeles. And you got to dress like a homeless person to make sure you don't get mugged. What, why does this But Easy to say. I haven't checked my YouTube all day today. I checked it last thing before I went to bed last night and was disappointed because no matter what it was, unless it was astronomical, unless suddenly Joe Rogan started talking about it on his podcast, I would have been like, ugh, only 200,000. <laughs> That's barely enough people to fill the Enmore Theatre fifty times. That 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 there's there's no you. It, it's the fucking Ferris wheel treadmill of life, isn't it? You just keep going round and round and round. You're like, oh, that number. That's good for the next ten seconds until I become used to the fact that's a number and wish there were more of them. So I'm trying not to check right now. You, we've all surely we can all relate to this. I know I'm talking about this about YouTube videos, but like you know when you put a post on Instagram and you get like twelve likes. I remember back in the day putting a post on Instagram and, you know, because you need at least nine for them to stop showing it name by name. Whether for them to, like, just, you know, calculate the total and give you 12, the 12 little hearts. You're like, fuck, I'm a loser. This is how little anyone cares about the lunch that I just ate. Ugh. It's the same thing, except uh, it's also your hopes and dreams is what I'm experiencing. This is what I think. I had this brilliant idea recently, okay? Are you ready for this? I think this is a million-dollar idea. I would love to pitch this on Shark Tank because I think there is no one who wouldn't at least try this out. It's an app, okay? It's an app. It looks exactly like whatever your social media platform of choice is. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, whatever. Whatever you want. You want to go back and do old-school MySpace? We can do it. We can make it, all right? Let's say it's, it's Instagram because it's the one I'm most familiar with, right? It looks just like Instagram. All right. And it's a social media influencer simulator. All right. It looks like Instagram. You create your own profile. But every time you post, it just simulates thousands of people liking it. 
So every time you're checking, you got tons of notifications, you got new followers, you could get like fake brands messaging you saying, hey, we want to partner with your content. Sends you fake money that you can only use to boost your posts even further to get more likes. People would never go outside again. People are taking horrendous selfies in their bed and getting 20 million fake likes on Instagram. Oh, imagine. And you know what the great thing is? Because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you never get the withdrawal symptoms. You never have to deal with the idea of like, oh, less people like this image. No, it just keeps getting bigger. Keeps get, you, and, and look, you can, you can go fishing. You know, you can, at, at, like emotionally, you can go fishing. You could, you could put out a po- post and like, felt kind of fat today. And then you just get heaps of people be like, no, babe, you look great. You look beautiful. Slay, queen. Fire. Oh, love that bod. What a rig. That's what the, unless, you know, that's obviously if you're playing social media influencer simulator uh, in female mode. If you play in male mode, uh, you get no response whatsoever. You say, I felt a little bit fat today. And then someone calls you a poofter and, and moves on. Uh, but you can report that comment for violations and all of your violations are accepted by Instagram. That's part of the uh, social influencer model. If you're, if you're a man, uh, I think mostly what you're going to do is post things that you think are funny and just all the bots will just comment with crying laughing emojis. Um, and I think you could probably turn on a setting where there are angry people who get mad at, at your joke for being sexist or, or homophobic, um, which, you know, if you're into that. If, if, you, if you're more of a troll, you could, you could turn that on and turn that off. I think this is a huge idea. Personally, I, I want it. I want it right now. The, you'd ne- you could get rid of social media entirely. All right? Maybe you could link it to your other social media so you get your friends' posts and they all, like, all of their posts just die. Like that hot girl that rejected you in high school, you, you could have her in your social media influencer and you could have her actual post and it has like two likes. And then a comment underneath being like, no one cares. Wouldn't that feel great? Because social media already isn't the real world. So why not make a simulator that also isn't the real world? If anyone would like to invest in that, let me know. I think it's a great idea. Any developers want to create it? I'm, 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 I'm on board. I think, uh, hey, if you could create a version of the podcast app. So this just has thousands and thousands of five-star reviews. That'd be good. I get around that. Well, it's, uh, what is it, Tuesday today for you, presumably, if you're listening first. And I haven't quite, <laughs> I really like, if you haven't picked up, I really like Chardon Friday. I think that's a great, I might, if, if that were to take off, I might just start another podcast called Chardon Friday because I think it's so good. But uh, I'll, I'll share, I'll, I'm going to share with you all a little piece of my Chardon Friday. I haven't had a Friday yet where I've been able to put it out to you all to share your Chardon Friday stories. But I will tell you mine. Uh, the other day I was at work. Uh, I really like my job at the moment. It's very unsettling. I don't know what to make of it. It feels very wrong that I'm sitting there being like, hey, am am I enjoying being here? This isn't. What is this? Very odd. I'm worried I'm just going to give up on my other hopes and dreams because I might actually be satisfied. To be content? What is that about? Anyway, uh, I was at work. This, don't worry, this is a story of, of a moment of, of being very uncontented. I was in the, in the shared kitchen, and the way the kitchen of my work is organized is there are three microwaves uh, stacked upon one another. So it's very hard to get it. You're kind of like coming in from like alternate angles and sort of like trying to squeeze in like a, like a, like, like, 
you, you're trying to kind of like navigate around each other like a game of human Tetris. And um, so I have, I, I had my, what did I have? I was reheating something, uh, pasta maybe, reading pasta, something like that. And it was in the microwave. And, and you know how when you're reheating something, sometimes it just it doesn't really get to all the layers. It, it, it reheats in patchy ways and the top's hot but the bottom isn't or vice versa. I don't know what's happening in there. And so uh, I, I pull it out the first time and I, and, I'm, and I know it's not going to be ready so I just swirl it around a little bit, put it back in, give it a little bit more, take it out, give it a taste. Still not there. Swirl it around. As I'm, as I'm swirling it around, <laughs> a woman behind me, one of my now I work in a company of three hundred people. I don't know who the vast majority of them are. This woman who I've never met before, she, I, I hear it goes, <laughs> she goes. It, it doesn't matter ra- what race she is. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's not important. It's not important to the story. She goes, uh, is that is it hot enough, mate? <laughs> Let me say, is it is it hot enough, mate? The fuck now. Was she just trying to make small talk? Uh, I'm choosing to believe not. I'm choosing she was being fucking passive aggressive. And gee, was, did that not gel with me? I was so on it. And, and you wouldn't have been able to tell with my face because I'm a coward. And I just kind of like... <laughs> and put it back in the microwave. No, just a little bit more. And uh, she kind of rolls her eyes a little bit. And for boy, is, is, it, it's, am I furious? The level of disrespect this woman, who is probably far more senior than me in the company, uh, or at least if she's not, just looks old. Uh, how dare? How dare she? Now you know. I don't. She, she dared because uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I was angry about it. That's what I'm trying to say. So I, I put it back in. I put it in for another minute. Probably they needed thirty seconds, but fuck, I was giving it a minute. All right, because I could wait for it to for it to cool. I was willing to wait. I was willing to wait a lot longer for my lunch to cool, just to make her wait even longer for her lunch to warm up. That was the price I was willing to pay. In the meantime, somebody else in the three stack microwave they finish. They take their lunch out. She puts hers in. She winds the clock up. She she sets the time. She presses the wrong button and walks out before she checks to see it started. Now. The time was set. Lunch was inside it. She wasn't there. All I had to do was press start. Did I do it? Fuck no, I didn't. No, no, no. I. She was going. She was like, "Well, I'll make use of this time." Doesn't that? It makes it even better. That's how efficient this woman is. She's like, "Oh well, I, I best make use of this time to just leave my food in the microwave by itself. What a waste! I'll, I'll go send a few emails. I'll go to the bathroom, and then by the time I come back, my lunch will be ready. Oh, will it? Oh, will it? I don't think so. If you know, I I would have I would have considered, I would have considered. Well, there were witnesses. You couldn't get this, but just just stopping the microwave when she walked by, if she had pressed up, but she hadn't. It's that classic. You know, there's a there's a, a very famous law example of like a guy uh, was in his car. A policeman told him to back up his car, so he backed it up. Uh, he backed right under the policeman's foot. The policeman told him to stop. He did stop, and the car was parked on the policeman's foot. And he refused to leave it because he's a fucking badass. He was like, no, I did exactly what you told me to do. And he left his car. And there was this whole legal case. He's like, well, is the, is, the, is the act of inaction a crime? Can that be a crime? Is doing nothing a crime? 
And that's the kind of philosophical question I asked myself as that woman had to wait an extra couple of minutes for her lunch. And it might not seem like much. It might not seem like much, but I know. If this woman was getting frustrated with me using the microwave for 40 seconds too long, can you imagine how angry she'd be at herself to realize she didn't press start and no one came to her rescue? And I, I looked around. No one else was pressing start either. No one else did it. Oh, Lunch tastes extra better with a heavy helping of schadenfreude. That was my, oh, what a, and I've seen her around. I've seen her around and I've thought, hmm, well, look who it is. Look who, it's, it, hey, are you, are you, are you going to have lunch soon? Because uh, we're not in the kitchen just making sure you didn't press the wrong button again. That's what I think to myself. That's what, that's what, and you know, does it sound petty? Yes. Is it petty? Of course. Am I proud of it? So proud. What a, it really, it really did make my, even just right now, this is, this is feeling great to me. That was my little instance of Schadenfreude. Hey, give, give me your Schadenfreude, all right? Schadenfreude tomorrow in my world. Tomorrow's Friday. I'm going to be putting out on Instagram. I hope somebody says something, uh, but I will not be expected if nobody does. But uh, look, that's a, new, that's a new segment. Does it make sense considering this doesn't come out on Friday or get recorded on Friday? Not entirely, but hey. When has that ever stopped me in any of my creative pursuits? So, we're coming to the end of the podcast. We're wrapping it up. It's 37 minutes. I've had people say to me, hey, Tom, 30 minutes, perfect amount. Perfect amount of time for your podcast. 30 minutes is perfect, which is kind of insulting. Where it's like, because it's never been shorter than 30 minutes. No one's ever said, hey, remember that episode you did 20? Could have used 10 more. It's usually, hey, remember that episode you did 45? Yeah, last third, totally unnecessary really pointless to be honest well here we are you're getting you're getting more imagine imagine complaining about getting more don't even think about it so as we wrap up as we often do let's go to the three two one of the week my one point has to go to whoever at optus clicked that email and sent out nine million aussies personal details somewhere in the eastern block i am a big fan of your work love I mean, there's my sh- there's another Schadenfreude. There's nine million little morsels of Schadenfreude for uh, for me. That's your one point. Two points. My two points this week goes to the Penrith Panthers. And I know this is going to come out a little bit later than... I mean, who knows? They might have already won the grand final. More importantly, they knocked out the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who I hate with a fiery passion. All right? Knocking out the Rabbitohs, causing even more distress to the South Sydney fans. Big, fa- big, big fan of that. Great work, fellas. You, you split that two points 17 ways. And three points this week has to go to anyone and everyone who has watched my special, Ignorant Tom Whitcomb, on YouTube. You guys are the real heroes. I appreciate you taking the time to check out the thing that I pour my heart and soul into. It means so much. And with that, oh, how smooth. This is what, now that I have this little touchpad on here, oh, it's a whole different operation. That's why I can also do this. (laughs) Or even a little this. And that doesn't get old. Maybe for you. We'll find out. But until next time, I've been Tom Whitcomb. See you.